Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb. Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. Ocular surface disease. It's complex, chronic, and progressive, but rife with opportunity for the enterprising optometrist. The mission of this podcast is to make this condition more understandable and accessible to those interested and specializing in it. So let's get to the point. Welcome to another episode of the To The Point Podcast. My name is Jackie Garlic, and I am joined by my co-host, Leslie O'Dell. And this is our first podcast of 2022. Yeah, so we thought we would maybe start off this podcast with a look back on kind of where we have come and what we have learned and um, investments we feel like were useful in that first period of time and implementations that we did in our office that we felt were useful. So let's start with that. Yeah, Leslie, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, kind of like the new year, um, a new year of podcasts, our, our reset and refresh and um, you, you have come a long way from just thinking that you're having a conversation with someone. I never call myself an expert, but that was kind of how you would introduce that the first year um, to now yourself, you know, leading a lot of um, leading a lot of what we're doing and, and knowing about in dry eye. So it's really not hard to get involved with dry eye. I think you would be one to speak to that. You, you saw the need um, and kind of jumped feet first and, and wanted to absorb as much as you could in a short amount of time. And I definitely applaud you for not only that, you know, open mind and trying to, to do that, learn as much as you could, but also for the value you bring to your patients. You know, you, you are now somebody that is treating proactively for dry eye disease, not somebody that's treating reactively and waiting for patients to come in with symptoms. And so, you know, something that you should be really proud of, I think, is just how quickly you have um, come up to speed, if you will, in the dry eye space. Thank you, Leslie. That is why we are friends. That was so sweet of you to say. Thank you. Yeah, it's been, um, it has been very rewarding journey and um, a lot of learning along the way, um, mostly on how to actually, I feel like, implement things into the practice, get your team on board with what you want to do. Um, so I, I, I kind of want to ask you this because I bought an existing practice that was not actively treating dry eye and um, I brought in, you know, different, um, you know, modalities of treatment. And I, I think you started very differently when you started your cold start, you had a ton of technology, I feel like right away. Um, and you kind of bought a lot of things that I sort of waited on. Can you talk about, I'm curious what you think your most important purchases were. What did you buy in the first year? You, you bought a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> I remember thinking. Well, my, my modality kind of switched from just being dry eye focused to being, you know, comprehensive ocular disease. So there was a lot of technology that I had to acquire, but it was kind of interesting because I started actively, you know, doing things in about 2012. We were one of the first centers and we were the first center in Pennsylvania at the practice I worked at that um, acquired LipaFlow and LipaView technology in, in 2012. And so that was very different. You know, that was a big investment 
but it was worth it for the patients. We needed that technology to treat meibomian gland dysfunction. But then when I was working, um, focusing solely on dry eye disease at the dry eye center of Pennsylvania, I still brought Lipiflow. I was toying around with IPL, but in Pennsylvania, we were still kind of learning about legislative barriers there. Um, So I kind of went all with that um, tier science platform, Lipaview, Lipiscan, Lipiflow. Um, And this time around, you know, there's been a huge change in technology from 2015 until 2020, 2021, when you're looking at dry eye developments. Um, So this, one of my favorite things that I brought to this practice, Medical Optometry America, is um, the Oculus Keratograph. Um, That to me has been a game changer for how I educate patients. And I, you know, it kind of reinvigorated me into, you know, getting excited about technology again. I know with my staff and like my dry eye lead, as far as a technician goes, it's one of her favorite tests to run on a patient. So I think that that's one of the things that I was most excited about adding to my practice. Um, Yes, I feel the same. I mean, I don't have the level of intensity that the Oculus has in my, I have a Topcon mybographer that does, you know, non-invasive tear breakup and tear meniscus height and mybography. But um, I, that has been really wonderful. And really to take that another step further, when I I got that, I got, I ended up my first purchase towards my dry eye specialty clinic was I needed some sort of thermal therapy. I thought I I really need to actually be able to treat this. Like I can image and, you know, tell the patient they have this problem, but what am I going to be doing to treat it? And so my first purchase was actually tear care. And I bought that at Seco. Oh, wait, that was that with you? No. Okay. Maybe that wasn't. It probably was, or unless you bought it the year after, but. Because I remember I bought it in March or whatever Seco was. And then literally the next week we came back, we shut down. Remember it was like right after that. Oh, um, that was 2020. So that probably, that was definitely 2020. I do remember that Seco pretty well. So anyway, so, so the first purchase I bought was tear care, which, you know, from, I was like very concerned about money and like how, like how much all of this was going to cost. And I was a new practice owner and I didn't know what sort of my cash flow situation was going to be like. And so that was a very like a lower entry point to actually get a good treatment for my bone and gland dysfunction, but it wasn't like uh, the cost of a, you know, flip of flow, for example, which also a point for me was I have very little space. I'm in downtown Boston. And so I didn't have room for the big footprint that that is, but that was really good. And then I, I also did uh, my biography. I invested in that and it wasn't until recently that I started actually, this is maybe, I don't know, four or five months ago, I started take having my technician take my biography images on every single patient. It is like part of my comprehensive workup. They're coming in, they're getting that image. And um, initially my technician was like, oh God, like I don't have time. Like I can't be doing these photos. And I'm like, no, you can, it's fine. Like it'll work out. And that has been, in my opinion, the biggest game changer because what I was doing before is I had this my biographer here. And then I would just wait until they came back for a dry eye follow-up. And then I would take those images. And there was like so many people I am missing or would be, would have been missing had I not actually just started imaging every patient. And that I feel like has been like the absolute turning point is like, oh, having those images on every patient and talking about it and showing every patient, even if it's fine, I still show the patient like, 
this is normal, you look great, or this is not normal, we should talk about this. I, I think, I mean, patients love that technology. They've never seen it. Like I've never had a patient like, oh, I've seen this before. Like they've, they've never seen, I mean, even my new patients. So um, that for me, I feel like in terms of implementation has been a total game changer. Yeah, I think that that's, a, you know, and in some of the people that we've talked to, I think over the last year on the podcast would speak to that and probably helped, you know, encourage you to maybe change your ways. But I do think that you'll have those kind of game changing moments. Um, and it's one thing to be able to describe it to a patient, and maybe have a photograph, you know, here's normal, here's not normal and say you're kind of in the middle. But when they see it and you show them that and they they don't need to be very, you know, educated or have a doctorate or anything to see missing glands, shortened glands. And they think like, that's part of me that's missing. And it really pushes them to take action. So, you know, I think that's a great way to get patients to understand the magnitude of the disease. Um, the more I read, um, I was working on something today about just the, the importance of the blink and how four hours of screen time will drop the blink rate down, you know, from 10 to 16 to five every minute. And so that dryness is, you know, happening at the ocular surface. And then more concerning is some work I did with the doctor, um, Jonathan Andrews, who is in an interesting part of Pennsylvania where he has a lot of Amish as his, as his patient. So they don't have a lot of screen time. So he was kind of my control um, along with a few other doctors across the country. And I think um, one in Canada, but we found that two hours of screen time had a negative impact on glands that we noticed atrophy in, with just two hours of screen time. So, you know, you're doing your patients a huge service by having your technician take the extra step and take the image, right? I guess the bigger question that's always tossed back and forth is what do you do with that? Are you charging the patient? It's just rolled into some kind of fee you have. What does that look in your clinic? I mean, the whole point of me, I was going to have someone back for this dry eye workup because it can be a lot to talk about with the patient, especially depending on, you know, what the situation is. And so I... But I, I, you know, sometimes people wouldn't come back for those dry eye follow-ups or, and so anyway, the, the, my plan initially was have them back for a dry eye follow-up and then take this photograph and um, bill for that photograph at that dry eye follow-up. And now I don't bill for it. I just do it. And um, I sometimes will bill for it depending on what's happening. But for my comprehensive patients, I, I don't, I just like consider it part of my workup and it still there's a return, even though it's not, I'm not billing for this photo. Um, there's definitely a return that comes back from it, from just doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. it's not well, when you identify that there is even a return that day, because you might be talking about a heat mask or a nutraceutical or a lid cleanser. And then they might be leaving your office with that or direction to how to link up to your online store to get that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, sometimes it's not realized at that moment, but then we'll end up saying like, okay, well, this is a problem and we really should be doing, you know, tear care, IPL or whatever the deal is. And so it's, it ends up um, coming back, but it, I love patient education. Patients love patient education. It feels like a very thorough exam. They feel it. And um, so, so initially I was doing that, but I, I, I almost felt like I had this, like <laughs> I was talking uh 
or we no, we it was on our podcast with Carly Rose about this. And she was like, I feel like responsible. Like we should be doing this photograph on every patient. This should be part of like, almost like you're checking pupils on every patient. You should be looking at these glands. And um, there was one, I had one patient who I hadn't seen before. I don't think I had seen her before she maybe was here. Maybe I don't even, maybe before even I bought the practice or something. And she came back and her glands look terrible, terrible on my biography. And she's like, Oh my gosh, like, why didn't anyone ever tell me that? And I was sort of like, yeah, yeah, we should have told you, we should have taken this photo and we should have told you, <laughs> you know, yeah. or maybe within the year or something. I, I don't remember something made me be like, yes, that, that is on me. Like, I mean, it probably wasn't much different from like a year ago, but like that, that is on me. I should, I should have told you that, or we should have like at least gone the extra step and taken the photograph for it. So yeah, no doubt. And I mean, even all the studies around quality of life and you, you definitely, now that you are taking the more active approach to dry eye, have the patients that you are actually restoring quality of life, right? You probably have a patient that you've treated with some meibomian gland clearing, you know, treatment, and they'll tell you that their eyes feel more comfortable toward the mid to end of their workday, or that they're reading books again in the evening, or, you know, they, I had this one lady that loved skiing, but every time she went to ski, her ski goggles would ice up on the inside because of her eyes watering from the wind of like the downhill slopes. And as soon as we got her glands functioning and under control that I, first of all, was like, it's not normal for your ski goggles to ice up on the inside. Um, but she was thrilled beyond belief that we cured that problem for her. So I think that you probably, you know, it's rewarding to you as the doctor when you start hearing those stories, but the other thing that I know we both were really excited about um, for me in this new practice, I finally had figured out the legislation and the the barriers to, you know, if there was any problem with that and did start my, my clinic this time with IPL. Um, and so that was another really kind of exciting technology treatment wise to bring to patients. Um, and that has also been, I would say, game changer for especially ocular rosacea. Um, and I know that you recently acquired that too, but what your, your acquisition of IPL says to me is that you have found some way to make dry eye profitable, even in, you know, a one to two year period of time. You're seeing it because now you've taken that investment that was not that high of an investment with your tier care system. And now you've really taken a bigger plunge, right? And you're investing more of your money into something. So, you know, I think that's what everybody can kind of learn from you. And, you know, even just the other people that we bring on to the podcast is it's not the, you know, how are you going to find the patients? They're there. It's going to be, are you going to hold yourself accountable and take care of the patients like you're supposed to, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you do have to, um, you do have to actively do it and like, think about it. It can't be a day where you're just like, eh, I'm just going to refract and like send these people out. Like it's, you do have to be, um, yeah, be proactive about it. And really patients appreciate that. I mean, my patients, I'm like, we're trying, I'm like, the reason we're taking these photographs is we're trying to be more proactive. And like, I'm seeing all kinds of issues with COVID, you know, and screen time, et cetera. Um, Masks masks like mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's been a ton more styes and dry eye you know with with all of that so um yeah it's it it is and the other thing is is that i i mean i don't know if someone's gonna dabble into starting a dry eye clinic i don't know that you're gonna 
start it with IPL? Maybe you are, but like, for me, I was sort of like, am I, how is this going to go? <laughs> right. You're kind of easing yourself in. Although I have met a lot of doctors too, from doing lectures and other things that I'm surprised that they invest in the technology without having a good foundation. And then the technology becomes some sort of, you know, just dust catcher. <laughs> um, they don't turn it on. A year goes by. They haven't figured out how to implement it. Um, and so I think that's where we hope to kind of take this year is, is bringing on doctors, right, that are going to help us restart, um, refresh, renew our dry eye centers. Because I do think that it's we have reached a tipping point in optometry where we're getting it. We know we have to actively treat dry eye. You know, meibomian glands are something people actually know what they are now. You know, that wasn't the case 15 years ago um, when I was having conversations with other people. Um, Demodex is something that we know is high on our hit list of things we have to look for and soon have better ways to treat. I'm really excited to see what the next year brings us because there are some exciting things, even in therapeutics, um, with some promise that we might see our first therapeutic that's targeting meibomian glands. So I think that this year, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, where the podcast takes us, but I think we have a pretty good plan for how we can reinvigorate all of our practices and kind of rejuvenate the dry eye um, centers that we're all, you know, hopefully actively trying to build. Well said, Leslie. I am also excited to see what is on the horizon, and I'm very excited to um, talk to the guests that we have planned for this year's podcast. So thanks as always for doing this podcast with me, and we'll see you next time.